Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am so happy to be sitting with you and with our lovely, delicate, sweet songbird of a guest. <laughs> we get together twice a week to share what we've been chewing on in God's Word and in uh, in church and in our own growth and maturity, in hopes that that will encourage you, edify you in your walk wherever the Lord and my voice find you today. This week, we have Lubert Heindengard. I think you've used that last N- name before. No, yeah, Heindengard? Gosh I darn know, it. I don't know, man. It usually, I, I feel like it's always like either like German or... The <laughs> <laughs> Heindengard, something like that. Anywho, Lou, I'm so yeah. pleased that you're here with your sweet, cool technology. Thanks, man. Remarkable. Mm-hmm. I've been eyeballing those for... Yeah, I'm actually pretty pleased with it. Are you? Yeah. That's rad. What do you have on it? What do you bring in? What do you got? Uh, yeah, so taking a class on the book of Deuteronomy, we read an article um, on Deuteronomy as Torah and thought that we could talk about that maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe start with explaining what Deuteronomy as Torah means. Yeah, so this, there's a lot of, um, I guess I could say like scholarly conjecture and this this happens with like i think any kind of literature like what's the purpose what's the point Mm -hmm. you know um when was it written and all this kind of stuff um but treating it as torah torah means instruction Mm -hmm. or teaching um and so specifically then the deuteronomy is god's instruction to his people and 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 it happens deuteronomy happens um it's like Moses's farewell speech to the Israelites as like right before they go into the promised land. Yeah. And it's on the plains of Moab and um, Moses, because of some of his failings um, and wrong decisions can, can't go into the promised land. So it's like his last, you know, pastoral speech. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but really um, it's Torah, and that means that it's God's instruction for their lives, like what they're supposed to do, the people that they're supposed to be as they go into the promised land. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think interestingly enough, you see a lot of, uh, I believe, like quotations or allusions from Jesus um, as he is entering into his ministry. So some scholars think that, oh, was he studying or reading or meditating on Deuteronomy as he yeah. started his ministry. Anyways, that's beside the point. Um, and yeah, so I think, does that make sense? Yeah. Great. Yeah, absolutely. What, and, and I've always heard and read mm-hmm. Deut- or, or the Torah being also referred to as the law. Yeah, I think it can be. That mm-hmm. is within the, the word range, the yeah. semantic range. I think that within our culture that carries some overtones Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be true for an ancient near Eastern context. Hmm. And what I mean by that is our society is very litigious and we have rules for everything. Yeah. And, and we, and then we create more and more rules for everything. Mm -hmm. Law for them was more like wisdom. And that's why you really needed a judge because you needed to, to take those laws quote unquote and, apply them to a specific scenario. 
And so um, really when I think of the laws in the Old Testament, they're like more like case studies or like examples mm-hmm. that then um, get applied to the the individual's lives in question or like when something happens, the judges take the law, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, this is what should be done. And that's why um, at the beginning of Deuteronomy, it's no longer Moses who has that ultimate authority anymore, but it's actually transferred to a whole bunch of, um, of leaders that are over smaller sections. You know, it's like divided up into tribes and then, um, and it just gets more and more dispersed. Mm-hmm. But these judges are using the Torah or law. Um, other words could be instruction mm-hmm. or teaching to then adjudicate all of the various intricacies of human life. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So what are you bringing from that today? Yeah. So there's this interesting idea that um, that the Torah and Deuteronomy is this kind of anti-cultural message hmm. um, for its time. And what I mean by that is when you look at, um, and it's specifically around kingship, hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and this applies to Deuteronomy as Torah because because Yahweh is effectively ruling and reigning over his people through his teaching, mm-hmm. right? Which gets, as we just talked about, um, assimilated through judges and, and leaders. But in the ancient Near Eastern context, there was like a lot of um, kingship and this ruling and this reigning. And, it's interesting because in those other cultures, they're typically viewed as the like divine or like the son of God or this sort of thing. Yeah. But it's interesting because you don't have that in Deuteronomy. Um, and, and so it's important to note what Deuteronomy doesn't say about kingship. And in fact, he says, you know, you don't even need a king. You're going to want a king mm-hmm. and you're eventually going to have one. Yeah. They but get the, Saul. Yeah. Yep. They get Saul. But it's not this divine messenger. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's a quote unquote, a brother of Israel. Like he's just one of you. Yeah. And the primary injunction for the king um, is, to, is to meditate on God's word mm-hmm. on the Torah so as to lead the people well. Yeah. And so even though you will have a king, um, this is a message that goes, that runs countercultural. And in fact, the whole of Israel is called the son of God, mm-hmm. not just this one king. Yeah. You know? And so there's been a lot of emphasis on looking at these older books or the old Testament in its ancient Near Eastern context, which is great. And, um, you know, this book is embedded in that culture, mm-hmm. but it's also when you, when you, when you realize it's, it's not saying the same things. In fact, it's, it's pushing against that kind of cultural mandate of like Kings are divine and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. 
and saying, no, you're going to be ruled by this common law. And in fact, it's the whole obligation of Israel to be obedient to the Torah. Yeah. And how do you see that uh, applying to us today? Yeah. In principle. Well, I mean, we can, I think there's a lot of different ways that you could apply it. I mean, the one that is most natural is that I think as God's people, part of what makes you a people of God is that you're that you're following yeah. the teachings yep. of God. And so, um, so learning to be and live in the wisdom of God's teachings for one. Mm-hmm. And then that's every individual's responsibility yeah. to be educating themselves and to be obedient to it. And then I think there's also this application of that we can sometimes view pastors or like religious leaders in this kind of like semi-divine, like they have a closer relationship with God or they know potentially God's word better, which may or may not be true. Um, And then we can like turn off our brains and think, ah, just whatever, you know, so-and-so says, or, you know, and especially like with celebrity preachers and all this kind of stuff. Um, But in reality to be like the Bereans and to, to be learning and to be comparing and to be thinking and critiquing, mm-hmm. you know, and that they don't have some special access to God's word. Right. And I think that this is a lot of like a Protestant ideal, mm-hmm. right? Because the Reformation was partly in putting scripture and in, back into the hands of the people. Right. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll admit that, but uh, I think there's also truth to it. And I also find it interesting because Deuteronomy when it looks at evangelism, um, evangelism was primarily a means of being attracted to the people of God because of their character. Yeah. They were a witness, a living witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because of the kind of people they were, that nations would say, oh, who are these people? And I want to know their God. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. um, I think that also applies to it, that as we follow God's teachings, um, and as we align ourselves with God's character, our own character, as it aligns with his, that people want to be like, oh, yeah, I want to know more about their God. Yeah. Um, and who they are and what makes them so unique. Yeah. Right. And this is not a novel idea. Like we, you see a guy who's yoked and Sean's going to track him down and ask him about his routine, his workout routine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we do this all the time. We yeah. identify those who are successful in areas that we admire, mm-hmm. um, or they inspire us to admire mm-hmm. how successful they are. Yeah. Um, and then we we follow them. We're mm-hmm. it's almost hardwired in us. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it is, but um, to do that, so we yeah. we are working with that in our advantage. That if we can do like you said, mm-hmm. live accordingly, then we will be a living witness and be mm-hmm. be. Um, effective and fruitful like it talks about in Peter for for the witness for yeah. the world. And that comes back to that I think God has given us everything we need for life and godliness mm-hmm. in his scripture. Now that doesn't mean that every question that we have will find an answer in scripture, right. but what we need to live a wise and fruitful life yep. is. Yeah. Right. So that's not to disparage things like science or psychology or because those cover things that are that scripture can't mm-hmm. or won't. God hasn't like that's not the prerogative of this book, yeah. right? Because when we look at scripture, 
we have to remember like what was the author's intent mm-hmm. right and that's um you know where inspiration is and all that kind of stuff and so there's some things that god just hasn't chosen to seem fit to to talk about mm-hmm. and that's fine um but yeah. ah. we can live um godly character mm-hmm. and that will be attractional and people will want to know jesus because of how we live yeah yeah, and if if we want to be prepared for every good work that he's prepared beforehand mm-hmm. for us, then we will study scripture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's uh, wonderful, and I it's interesting just to see the the parallels we can to from the church to Israel, not making any theological theological yeah, statements right. <laughs> about that. Um, just in how Israel was that all those things set Israel apart to be wholly committed to God mm-hmm. in a way that then attracted mm-hmm. the other nations. The church likewise ought to be wholly set apart for mm-hmm. the purposes of God and living in a way, not that people go, Oh, it's a bunch of hypocrites, bunch of jerks, bunch of, they're mm-hmm. all judgmental. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, if that reputation can be um, besmirched, mm-hmm. then that, that then is a, a smear on the character of God for sure. The reputation of God. So I'd be curious um, if we could just quickly and simply unfold exactly how to fix all those problems. Yeah. With the body of Christ. Right. <laughs> Such a simple. <laughs> meditate on fix. his word yeah. day and night. There <laughs> yeah, you go. There you go. You, you want to start somewhere? Meditate on his word day and night. Yeah. That's a great place to start. Yep. For sure. It's simple. It's not novel. It's not uh, creative. It's not, uh-huh. you know, it's just, it's the yeah. faithful means that God has given us. Yeah. And I think important to do it is to do it in community as totally. well. Totally. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I think you see that in the brains as, as, as a community, they were probably discussing mm-hmm. Paul's ideas. Yeah. And we all have blind spots, even culturally, we all have blind spots. So then um, doing, scripture um, interpretation mm-hmm. within the broader community is really important. Right. Because that likewise has been disseminated down to us, mm-hmm. not just to the pastors, not mm-hmm. just to mm, what are some other bishops or mm-hmm. I don't know, your regional guys like, but to every Christian mm-hmm. who's been filled by the same spirit has, mm-hmm. you know, at least us in the West have access to the word of God. Yeah. Um, and has experienced the same grace as every other believer, mm-hmm. we all have a distinct responsibility. Sure. Yeah, we do. And I think this is where it pushes a little bit against the Protestant notion of, I'm just going to read my Bible mm-hmm. because I think we can, and we can really push for that in like an American context. Yeah. It's just like just me and my Bible. Right. But that is- Scripture doesn't. <laughs> that is not acknowledging <laughs> that we all have blind spots. And I think it's important to read broadly, but then also like in- historically and mm-hmm. um reading older saints i mean c.s lewis called if we only read the people in our generation which is good mm-hmm. to do but if we only do that c.s lewis called that chronological snobbery where we think that this generation is smarter yeah than the previous four thousand years of people who have been doing mm-hmm. um theology and studying these books and so um so yeah yeah, it's almost like a big C church activity. Oh yeah. When you sure. say I'm I'm going to read from saints mm-hmm. who are with Jesus now. Right. But they were filled with the same spirit mm-hmm. and yeah. had scripture mm-hmm. at, in parts at certain stages of time. But mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. Um but yeah, read scripture, do it in community. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we don't have a, we've got one mediator, Christ, the God man, mm-hmm. not a king, not, you know, a priest. Yeah. Those kinds of things. So there you go. Awesome. Lou, lovely. Anytime. As always, invigorating, stimulating to my intellect, to my heart, yeah. to my hands. Love it. To my toes. Love it. Kisses. Whole- <laughs> <laughs> kiss. uh, listener, hopefully you're encouraged by that and just see the great value and the purpose. Uh, one of the functions of being God's people and the privilege of having his word in our hearts, in our hands, and in our minds available to us really at the top of a finger. I've got about five Bible apps on my phone. So um, make sure to take advantage of that in community and um, we will all benefit as God's body as we each individually participate. So until the next episode, bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor and make disciples. 